I'm a big fan of speaking with people who are just starting out in their careers. There's just something about hearing about people who are launching into their life. And today's episode is with a launch that's occurring with Ashley Kearns. Ashley's at the University of Delaware and is a strength conditioning intern. And a conversation that I thought was going to go primarily about, you know, kinesiology and strength conditioning ended up turning into something very personal and very inspiring, very heartfelt. And I really think you guys are going to be very connected to what Ashley talks about and her journey into getting to this point and how that's affecting where she will be from here on out. So listen with an open mind, listen with your heart, focus on that deep listening, and enjoy the conversation I had with Ashley Kearns. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling great. <laughs> okay, you're hanging in there. You're hanging yeah. in there. Well, thanks for agreeing to be on the podcast. And, um, you know, it's funny, I end up speaking to a lot of people, kind of your age group or, you know, in kinesiology and, you know, are heading out into the world. And I love it. I love talking to people that are kind of in your spot right now. Yeah, for sure. And um, I had a good conversation with one of my podcast guests yesterday, Michelle Collins. She was like, I didn't, I didn't know if I would listen to all these episodes with like 21, 22 year olds that are in college, but I'm getting a lot from learning about these folks and what they're doing. So it's very positive stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting to hear from the older, older generation. And it's, it's interesting to hear from younger people my age as well. Cause it's, it's like, it's really hard to figure out and navigate your path while you're in college and dealing with a whole bunch of other stuff on top of that so so how do you feel like well one before we get into that i have a bunch to ask you just stuff pops in my mind um tell me a little bit about your journey into getting into uh kinesiology or deciding that this is what you wanted to do moving kind of the health fitness wellness aspect of things okay um it's it's a really really long story but uh, let's do it so, so in high school, of course, everybody starts off with this. I was an athlete, of course. Um, <laughs> everybody says that. It's, it's a typical, I was an athlete. Yeah. yeah, no, but I mean, it's true. And I didn't really get, so I was into basketball. That was one of my favorite sports growing up. Um, I didn't get a good opportunity to really perform and, and, and play as much as I wanted to because I was always hurt. And, um, I, I got hurt every single year. It was, it was ridiculous. Almost. It was laughable. Um, I was injuring my knees a lot. My knees were a huge problem and I was always in and out of the training room. And that made me think, oh, I want to be an athletic trainer. I love the idea of helping people get back to playing the sport that they love, loved that idea. So I went to Towson university, um, down in Baltimore and I was, I started off as athletic training and I quickly figured out that that was not the path that I wanted to take. Um, it just didn't, something just didn't feel right. Um, I was doing my observation hours um, and I just wasn't having as good of a time as I thought when I was entering college. Um, so I talked to my advisor and she recommended that I just switch 
to exercise science and then go from there because there's a whole bunch of things that you can do uh, with an exercise science degree and I had time to kind of figure it out while I was taking classes and I took an intro course um, that kind of went over uh, different different fields that you could go into under the exercise science umbrella and one of the courses or one of the fields that really popped out to me was strength and conditioning and the reason that it, it kind of popped out to me was because uh, my professor was actually a strength one of the strength and conditioning coaches at Towson and she was saying that a big part of that field is injury prevention and I that, so that's not something that never really dawned on me uh, I've always thought of athletic training as the main uh, field mm. for injury prevention and that's kind of why I wanted to go into it because I was always injured and I always wanted oh I wanted to do that as my career and help help kids get back to playing the sport that they love and the reason that strength and conditioning kind of stood out to me versus athletic training was that you know focusing on getting strong to prevent the injury from happening in the first place versus you know, preventing injury from happening after an injury has already took place. Um, so that's kind of my thought process. And, you know, I was at Towson doing exercise science and I kind of made that made that decision while I was there. And then over the summer of my sophomore year, going into my junior year, uh, my dad actually passed away um, and I had to... Um, figure all that out. And I, I ended up moving back home to Delaware. Um, and I had to transfer, go to University of Delaware, because uh, I just wasn't, my mental health was not, yeah. uh, it was deteriorating, <laughs> deteriorating quickly, because uh, I was at school by myself. I had no family around me. And, you know, I just needed to be around my family. So I, I went to the University of Delaware which has brought me so many opportunities and I will never thank uh, the staff at the University of Delaware enough for giving me the opportunities that they have. Um, they actually have a strength and conditioning minor, which um, a professor urged me to apply for and I got in. And after that, I uh, got an internship there with the staff uh, so I'm currently working with the strength and conditioning staff at the University of Delaware, and it's been amazing. I've learned so much, and I've only been with them for not even six months. Um, and it's definitely, you know, all the all the obstacles that I've gone through to get to where I am right now, it's definitely paid off because I've I've figured out that this is it. Like, this is what I wanted to do. This is it. Yeah, this is it. I'm finally here. Like... <laughs> My senior year, I finally made it. <laughs> but so you're graduating uh, next May, or is when you're I, graduating? So no, I'm not graduating next May because of with the transfer and everything. Um, it set me back as far as like classes. There's a different path um, at the University of Delaware as far as the path of getting your exercise science degree. Um, it's a little different than Towson. So even though I took all those classes. It's just they're not the same um, at the at the University of Delaware. So I 
I still have a couple more classes to take, which will put me back to uh, 2021, spring of 2021. Yeah. So you got some time. You definitely got some time now. Oh, yeah, for sure. I have plenty of time to navigate more. (laughs) So what have you enjoyed most about this program? Like, take me a little deeper. What is well, what have you enjoyed most and what has been the most what have been the most challenging aspects of it? Of my internship? Yeah. Yeah. So the the most fun part is um, connecting with the athletes and, you know, having fun with the athletes and, you know, helping them through lifts and helping them do things that they never thought that they could do as far as, you know, one of the football players, um, for example, he he has a little bit of a learning disability and he wasn't grasping the concept of a hang clean. Um like the movement of a hang clean. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, the coaches were getting really frustrated with him. And, um, you know, I went up to him and I just kind of explained it to him in a, in a different way, kind of versus a coach. And all of his teammates were just like, just pull the bar up, just pull the bar up, just do this. Just, and I, you know, I, I, I talked him through it in a kind of like a, a motherly way, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was patient, I was patient and, you know, I connected with him on that on a deeper level and he went and he did the hang clean perfectly. And, you know, it's just like moments like that. It's just very rewarding. And that's honestly so fun to me. I just love to see people unlock skills that they didn't think that they could do. And I just love it. And I mean, there's so many other examples over the past six months that I've just been able to connect really deeply with the athletes and, and help them achieve their goals. Right. What about the challenging aspects? Have you faced anything that you felt was very challenging during the time? Uh, I wouldn't say super challenging, but I will say it is the the programming aspect is is a bit of a challenge for me still. I'm still kind of learning how to how to um, approach a program design and. Um, implement it based off of like data like real data and um like game stats stuff like that like they really UD is very um very heavily incorporating data into their programs and it's it's a it's a little bit challenging for me um data analysis is kind of (laughs) it's a explain that data analysis i mean i've I've been through strength and conditioning programs many years ago explain that um i'm not sure i'm familiar with that yeah so they uh so with a couple of their teams well all of the teams um work with sparta science have you have you heard of is it like analytics based like sports science stuff yes so okay yeah uh, okay they work with sparta science which they basically have come up with this this um what am I thinking of the word? Like they use a force plate and the, uh-huh. the that you get from the force plate from an athlete jumping it, it puts them into three groups, uh, load, explode, drive. Right. I have a little bit of notes on it. So basically they use, they use those groups to alter um, athlete specific. So they'll have a team specific program, but they even go further into specific athletes based off of those groups. Um, their programs are a little bit different. They're tweaked mm-hmm. each individual athlete. Um, so let's say they're in the load group. 
they're having a hard time using momentum to produce force. Um, right. So we alter the 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 workout to where they'll they need to improve their quarter squat, their front squat, and their single leg squat. So we'll implement those into their group, um, even if their same teammates are doing a little bit different exercises. So they they use a lot of that data. Um, I see. In, in their program design. And they also use uh, velocity-based training. Um, mm-hmm. They connect GPS systems to the athletes that track their distance. And the main team that uses that is the field hockey team. Yeah. Um, and they'll, they'll alter the, the program for the week based off of if they had high mileage during their games on the weekend um, and stuff like that. And it's, I mean, it's really interesting to learn yeah. about for sure. It, I mean, it's still being kind of developed and they're still kind of testing things out, but it's, it's really interesting and it, it, it is challenging because it, there's no clear cut like directions on how to implement that de- data into the program. I see. You know, like you're getting still, all this information, right? But how to implement the data yeah. to actually create a desired outcome. For sure. For sure. And it, I mean, it's all based on just trying to optimize their performance and and reduce injuries. That's one of the main goals of Sparta Science. Actually, is to it can and it can directly tell you which injuries you're susceptible to, um, which is it, it's incredible to me. It's mind blowing to me, um, and it's actually what I've been. I never knew that this is what I was wanting to do. My whole experience in college going into college, focus on injury prevention. And now I'm finally working with uh, a college who implements that data into their programs. And it's really cool to see. That's awesome. That's really cool. Now, what do you think, um, how did, you know, it sounds like a very um, difficult transition in some ways you had with your father passing and then going yeah. Delaware, which has been good, but how has that affected you kind of socially, emotionally in school and with your studies and, and moving forward and what you want to do with your life? Yeah. So when, when all of that happened, it was over the summer. So think, I mean, thankfully I had some time, I wasn't in school. Mm-hmm. Um, I had some time to reflect. Um, but going into that, my, my, um, fall semester of junior year it was really rough um, because I I I was still at Towson my my freshman year or my fall semester of my junior year the, yeah the fall semester after my dad passed and I transferred over the winter so I transferred halfway through my semester mm-hmm. which was that was really challenging but the fall semester was the was the most challenging because I was still alone um, I, I had a roommate, uh, but she wasn't really involved. Um, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, she was just my roommate. She wasn't like a friend, um, that I right. had. So it was really rough just being by myself at school with all of this pain in my, like in my heart, I had so much pain and I had so much yeah. frustration and that's all I was thinking about like 24 seven was why, cause it was very, it was a very, um, unexpected death. Right. It wasn't, right. it wasn't, um, 
like he had cancer or something and I was prepared. right it was very out of the blue so um it was very like I was just mad and it, all these emotions obviously you you have with death um but it was very hard to to deal with that and not having family or friends around me and dealing with trying to do well in school and it was it was just really hard um I did very bad. My GPA went very, very low, lower than it's ever been before. Right. Um, And it's been rough trying to bring that back up. But um, during my transfer, so in the winter, I transferred back to um, the University of Delaware and I started in the spring. And it honestly, it felt fine. I I felt fine. I felt better because I was around my family. And my friends and I felt, you know, my spirit was higher, but I was still Mm -hmm. struggling in school and I didn't know why. Um, But it was because I was I was trying so hard to keep myself busy. That was yes. I was keeping myself so busy to keep my mind off of um, the the un the unfinished, like the unfinished process of grieving. Um, I was. I was going out a lot. I was doing a lot of things with my friends. I was, I was over my boyfriend's house all the time. Like it was, yeah. I was keeping myself so busy that I, I kind of put school on the back burner. I wasn't studying as much because I studying. You're sitting down and you're trying to concentrate on studying, but then my mind would go mm-hmm. back to my grief. So it was. That's kind of how I figured out how I was still doing bad in school. Because even though I felt great, it was because I was immersing myself in my social life versus taking the time to really grieve and to really let myself finish that process, you know. Um, And it, it took me a while. I didn't really let myself finish the grieving process until very recently. And I mean, I know people always say you never stop like there's going to be like waves all throughout the rest of your life there's going to be waves that will come back and and get you but I try to stay positive (laughs) yeah were you pretty close to your father yes so he lived um in Missouri he lived halfway across the country from me Mm -hmm. but he was my best friend and he we talked to each other every single day on the phone and I saw him I was I saw him like once a year in person but he was mm-hmm. still, he was still we were still very close. I almost didn't even see him as a dad. I saw him as one of my friends. Um right. He was very my parents were young when they had me so we're very close in age. Um so he I definitely looked at him as one of my best friends. Right. It was rough. <laughs> It's kind wow, of a like, different, it's, it's a different experience when, when, you know, you have a parent that lives so far away from you. It's like, he wasn't with me every single day. So I didn't feel that initial loss, if that makes sense. Like when he passed, like he's never around me physically, like at right. a day, day. So I didn't feel the loss initially. It was more so over time it's like ah, ah, I haven't talked to him in a while like or when I went for Thanksgiving he wasn't there and that hit me really hard yeah. um, it's it's really hard to grieve 
a loss when you don't see that person every day, um, but there's still somebody that you used to talk to every day. It's it's a little different. How was that? Uh... How has it affected your life moving forward? Like, has it made you think about your life in a different way or how you pursue your life's goals? Um, it, def- it definitely changed um, the way that I view my relationships. Um, I mm-hmm. became very clingy to my friends. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm laughing because they, they always tell me that I'm, like, super clingy. Um, it's like <laughs> it's running joke. But... I, I became super close with my boyfriend. I just never wanted him to leave my side. It, it was it was almost bad in a way um, mm-hmm. because I was grasping so tight to every single other relationship that I had, hoping that, like, just holding on to it for as long as I can um, because you just never know when they're going to be gone. I'm going to start, like, tearing up. It's okay. It's okay. It's totally okay. You know, um, take your time. You know, I will tell you, let me, I'll speak a little bit here. Um, I think that these stories are really important. They're incredibly important. Um, You know, I didn't know that this is what kind of your story was going to be about this, which is a good thing because I like kind of just talking to people and, and hearing without knowing a lot of information. It's very powerful. And I've had several people come on the show, particularly one lady who I think you'll I think you'll resonate with on some level. Her her name's Michelle Collins. I had mentioned her before. She's a good friend of mine. And she came on the podcast and talked about um losing her husband to suicide and her mother to brain cancer and all yeah. these really horrific things. And you know, she cried on the podcast too. I started crying <laughs> during the thing. Yeah, it's just so powerful. I'm hearing your story. And it's just, um, I think to be a young person, and to lose your father at that age, would just be devastating. Yeah. And and I think that's something that, you know, you have to validate people's feelings, it it must be incredibly hard. I don't know what the future holds for you. And I'm sure there'll be some level of you'll always think about them on on different things in life and different different milestones that you will pass as you grow older. Um, But it's, I think the memory of somebody that you loved is a beautiful thing. And, and being emotional about it is so normal. It's beautiful because you, you cared about somebody. You still do. Yeah. It's important. I think in life to continue to care about people that are not around, but I think it's also important to, Remember that, you know, life is a very finite thing. It's extremely finite. Um, and we don't really think about it that way. We just kind of go along our days. We're doing stuff. We're keeping ourselves busy, like like you mentioned. Yeah. But it's very good. I wrote a post one time about, so interesting you said this stuff, about telling people you, you love them, you care about them, like really be present with them when they're around. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's something that just because – you know, it's great. You and your father talked a lot. That's wonderful. You know, that's not something a lot of people do with their fathers all the time either. <laughs> you know, yeah, so no, that's that's really true. What a gift that you had the time to talk with him as much as you did, you know, and um, uh, it just sounds like you guys had a special relationship. And, you know, the suddenness of losing somebody is really it's it's hard. I mean, it hits hard, yeah, it really hits. hard. 
brick it's like wall. a bomb like a big yes. thing it just and it becomes this thing where it just it keeps it's, it comes at you over and over again um it's like a tidal wave like you're getting crashed in the ocean over and over with emotional you know um waves and so um uh, it'll continue to be difficult for you it just will you know yeah. and that's okay that's totally okay yeah, I mean, I, for sure. And the thing that you said about milestones, um, this month has particularly been really hard for me. As soon as October 1st hit, I I was so emotional that week. Um, there's a lot of milestones this, this month for me. Um, it's, you know, my two-year anniversary with my boyfriend. My dad never mm -hmm. met him. He never got a chance to meet him. And it, it's just like, it, that's rough. And then my 21st yeah. birthday is next week. That's rough. Like, Oh, man things that you want to be able to share um even my internship like just just really important achievements that you just oh, like I just wish I could have shared that like he would have been so proud of me like just stuff like that it's what really did you rough. talk to him about like what did you guys discuss generally when you would talk to him oh we always talked about baseball nice <laughs> nice uh, St. Louis Cardinals are definitely our team even though they just oh in the <laughs> league championship yeah. really badly they just lost but uh that's our team. <laughs> um always talked about football it was mostly just it was like i said he was just my best friend like we talked about just stuff that friends talk about with each other right when the next game is when the next football game is like it was mostly about sports and about my career goals i guess we would always talk mm -hmm. about you know what the the best achievement I could have reached is and you know I want to work for the Cardinals one day and you know uh, it was just music was another big one he really likes rock old old rock music I love it that's great um, he actually is a main the main reason why I like older bands such as like Smashing Pumpkins Nirvana, yeah. Um, ACDC he he really influenced my my music um, okay you make me feel old now okay though that's like when I was like in high school okay well, no, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's old for me old for me not old. I know I know you know it's weird when you get to that age you're like yeah I was listening to these old bands you're like wait a minute <laughs> I I was like your age when that was going on <laughs> well like I said he was he was younger too so he yeah. He felt like he, when, the reason why I say old is because he always mentioned them. He he called himself. Yeah. He's, he said he had an old soul. You know, he was born in the wrong generation. Um, mm. That's why I mentioned that. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Another thing that connected us was uh, tattoos. We love tattoos. Awesome. Um, his tattoo artist was, he was really close to his tattoo artist. And they were like best best friends. And he always he did all of my tattoos as well and you know it was actually really cool um when my dad passed away um mike his name is the tattoo artist he did a, a piece on me uh for free um which was super super generous wow um he did i got the the signature of the last birthday card that my dad sent me on oh my wow and it was such a beautiful piece. I, I wish that I could show everybody. It's 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 gorgeous. And, you know, that's just something that 
the bonds that you make with people are really important because um, he didn't have to do that. And it was really special to me. Um, so, yeah, the, I mean, wow. we had we had a lot of things in common as far as sports, just different things. Yeah. What was the, uh, you know, you said you saw him about once a year. What was that in-person visit like when you would see him? Oh, I, oh my gosh, I look forward to Thanksgiving every year. It was during Thanksgiving that I go. I still go every year because um, I still yeah. out there. Um, it was, it's awesome, like, seeing somebody that you miss so much for the first time. He would always be waiting at the airport, <laughs> like, at the gate, and, mm-hmm. like, walking out onto the gate and just seeing him is just, oh, I just wish I could have that one more time. Yeah. Whew. Uh, yeah. No, it's, um, I can envision that. You know, it's funny. I, I've been to Missouri. I don't know where it is, but I've been there many times. And uh, it's just, I I can envision that even for you, what that would be like. You know, it's those things that you're going to miss. Yeah. Um, and I think that um, those are the things you're going to remember. You know, all the good times. And it, it will hurt less over time. You know, it will... I lost my mother-in-law uh, like a couple of years ago uh, to cancer, and and I, and you know it was different from your father. Where like he, you know, it was unexpected. You know, my mother-in-law, we were we were pretty pretty close, and you know, I we knew she was going to pass away. So it's um, it was really difficult being there, you know, during her last breath and watching somebody die. Oh, for sure, um, it's, it's brutal. It's very yeah. brutal. Yeah, I feel like that's, and it does, it hits you, but you remember the times you have with people. And, you know, I remember like going over to her house when uh, uh, I first met my wife, you know, we've been married 15 years and like my mother-in-law loved to drink with me. She loved to have like cocktails with me. And so yeah. one time, I don't think, a lot, see, you bringing out stories, I don't have to go with anybody here. You share <laughs> stuff, I share stuff. That's how it works. That's and awesome. we went, they had a hot tub and she was making like these like hurricanes for me and we were drinking them in the hot tub and, and I got so sick. I was puking my brains out. <laughs> it was terrible. I was like, Oh, she, but she, she just loved to drink with me. And I, I, sometimes I think I wish I could have another drink with her. I remember the last time we had a cocktail together it was in Las Vegas at the Wynn hotel. Wow. And I, I remember next week. <laughs> you're going to Vegas next week. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. I lived there for 15 years, so I wow. uh, yeah, I partied pretty hard. <laughs> I, <was> there, <laughs> I so. bet. I bet. And I go once a month, and I'm going back next month. So I'm gonna be going. I always <laughs> that. love to visit. Um, but we, it was just such a great time. Like whenever we would just sit there and we would chat, just just her and I. So I think those things you're just gonna remember your dad. Remember all the wonderful things about him and how he cared about you so much, you know, especially this amazing story. You didn't see him that much, but you talked all the time, which oh, is yeah, amazing. We were very close. Yeah. So, you know, it sounds like it had a profound impact on your life. Oh, and it definitely did, for sure. How do you think it will affect you moving forward and and, you know, your career paths and your relationships? I mean, you never know, but at the current state, how do you think it's going to affect you as you move forward in your life? Um, I honestly think that it's going to affect me very positively. Um, I just, I mean, I feel like this is the same for anybody who loses somebody so close. You just start to have a better 
um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Oh, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like you, hey, when that happens, when you forget like the you words, feel, like you feel closer <laughs> to your 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 relationships than normal. Yeah. I just don't know the word that I'm thinking of. Like you value your relationships yeah. more. You you get invested in in the relation in the relationships that you build a lot better than before. You know, not that I didn't, you know, love my friends before this or my family before this, but it's just like you you just have such a greater like Oh, what's the word? <laughs> oh my gosh. It becomes more important for you, right? <laughs> you remember it. It'll pop up here, you know. But I just, yeah. You have a bigger appreciation probably appreciation. for No, yeah. that is the exact word I was just saying. <laughs> appreciation. Yes. You just appreciate everybody so much better. And you, you just, you don't, you don't want to let anybody fall off. You don't want to let any friendships fall off. You just want to hold them close and, and tight to your heart and and I feel like moving forward that's going to be such a, a it's going to have such a positive impact on my life for sure do you feel like you tell your friends and family more that you care about them that they're important oh. to you hundred percent i tell my friends every time before i leave that i love them i tell my mom every time before i leave the house that i love her it's just it's 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 hard yes it's hard but you know in some ways it's it's a blessing um and you know that's weird to say but sometimes i do feel like everything happens for a reason and you know i needed that i needed that to get to where i am today um you know, it, it's such a strange path that I've taken to get to the place that I'm at right now. But if none of that would have happened, you know, I can't help but think, where would I be? I wouldn't be here. I would still be at Towson. What would that have happened? You know, how how would that have yeah. changed my life? You know, so it's just, you know, things are strange sometimes, but I would have never gotten to where I am today without all of the obstacles that I've overcome you know it's a very mature way of looking at things for somebody your age i'm telling you i you know what your age group gets a bad rap a lot of times <laughs> i'm sure you hear about it oh <laughs> you know, I, I, you, know. I do. <laughs> you know like it's uh but i i have run into some of the most evolved mature intelligent young people and maybe that's just me and how who i you know attract or I connect to or who i, I reach out to but um, I, I find that that level of maturity is not common among people your age, generally speaking. Yeah. Um, so you should be commended for having that outlook. I mean, think about it. You know, you're looking, you're taking a silver lining out of an incredibly difficult circumstance when a lot of people would just be angry for many years. And people are, they get very angry for a long time oh, when yeah. they lose I mean somebody. There, there's a huge reason for me to be angry at this situation. Um, you know, I, I still, we still to this day don't know the exact line of events of how his mm -hmm. death happened. You know, I still don't know and I, I'll never know, you know, and I could, I could sit and be angry about that for the rest of my life. Yeah, sure. And I'm sure a lot of people would be, but there's nothing I can change. There's nothing 
I won't I won't know what happened until I meet with him again, you know? That's right. So That's exactly right. All I can do is move not move forward cuz obviously I'm still going to I'm still going to have my moments, but Yeah. You know, I I have to put that energy into good and and make everything moving forward be positive. You know, for my yeah. own sanity. <laughs> Yeah, of course, of course. It's an evolution of grief, you know, and accept and acceptance. It sounds like yeah. you have ex- you have kind of gone through those stages, and you're you're pretty much at acceptance. You know, you've accepted that it's happened, and you yeah. know, you remember the good times. You're still emotional about it, and and you you probably always will be on some level. Mm-hmm. Um, as things pop up, you know, the further away you get from something. The, you know, the, the more distance you have from land. Yeah. You stop seeing land, you know, you start, you don't think about land as much. You think about it, but it's kind of like, man, it's just in the distance. But you still, there's a thought there, a situation that brings up memories, feelings, emotions. And, uh, you know, don't, I wouldn't be surprised by it. You know, it's just a natural order of things in life. You know, it's, it's just difficult times to deal with. And, and I think for you at this time in your life, it's, you know, you expect things like that to happen when you're considerably older and that there's a rhythm to people passing away, but there isn't all the time. Yeah. It just happens sometimes. And the fallout can be very difficult from things like that, you know? So I wonder though, have you spoken to this, spoken to a lot of people about this or is this, how have you gone about working um, actually, through it? No, I haven't. Um, my very, very, very close friends, like in by close friends, I mean two people and my immediate family are the only people that I've really talked about this to. But I still don't really go into depth about it uh, because it's still some like obviously like what I just said, I, we don't really know the full situation. So it's really hard for me to yeah. talk about because once I start talking about it, I get angry again because I don't know what happened. And, you know, yeah. people obviously have questions um, and I can't answer them. <laughs> and it's really frustrating for me personally. So I really don't talk about it as much as, you know, I should. Um, well, you know, what's interesting. I think when you told me your father passed away, my, my first thought wasn't like how did it happen? My first thought was just like, I wanted to know about your relationship with your dad. Yeah. I wanted to know about how you remembered him. You know, I think obviously that's very frustrating to not know, um, <laughs> but it's nothing. You can't change it, you know? So yeah, I can't. And, and, and honestly, and I appreciate your line of thought because it, it has made me open up almost immediately. And I, I barely even know you. <laughs> um, I know I have that effect. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and people really close to me, even my, my acquaintances, you know, that's always the first question is, Oh my gosh, how did that happen? And it, it's like, it just kind of puts me on defense mode, um, yeah. almost immediately. So, <sighs> well, I think that's kind of like, this is my line of thought with this, this, that's not really, for some reason, I felt like that's just not my business to know yeah. um, how it happened. It could be something that is deeply um, horrible or in some people's cases could be very embarrassing for the person yeah. or just too, too much. You know, I just, I like to focus on, you know, just 
what's the relationship? You know, how do you miss him? How will you remember him? And all these, because that's, that's the healing. I mean, you can't go back and change how the person's not going to come back to life, you know? So yeah. how do you remember how, you know, what are the special moments? You know, I wanted to know about when you saw him, what was that like? Like, and you said, and when he would be at the airport, like that, that got me choked up, you know, made, yeah. made me think about when I was like, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think how old it was. I think I was like 12. My dad was in the, um, uh, Iraq war or desert storm, the first version of that war. And I remember he was gone for six months. Now you think you're talking about a time where there was no, there was no like technology like today. Yeah. Yeah. That, that must, you have know, been right. So like, I couldn't talk to him. Yeah. I, I had no clue if he was alive or not. I just had to believe for six months that he was alive yeah. and that, you know, one day somebody would tell me that he was coming back. And luckily, you know, we got a phone call. My mom called the school and said, you know, your dad's battalions, they're coming back to Germany. We wow. lived in Germany at that time. And I remember I was so excited. And I remember running down this very long um, sidewalk leading to uh, where they were basically kind of where they stationed themselves when they came back from deployment. And I ran as hard as I could I was wearing a New York Mets jacket. I remembered I was 12 oh. years old and I saw my dad and he didn't look like himself because he, he had lost a ton of weight because they were in the desert for like six months. You know, yeah. so it's hot. And I gave him the biggest hug I could ever give a person. I remember that oh, yeah. like it was the, yesterday. The best. It's the best hug you'll ever get. It's the best hug, right? And I, your story made me remember that. I haven't thought about that in 10 years probably oh. at least. And my dad's alive. I just told him today. <laughs> I might talk to yeah. him today, you know, you know, so, um, that is a gift. Your story is a gift to me of remembering something that was beautiful for me. And, uh, yeah. so thank you for being open and sharing that. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You know, everybody has a story. These that's why, I, that's why I have this podcast. I, I know people are gonna be like, I know you say that every every episode. That's why I have this podcast. Like when you say every every story begins like this. I was an athlete. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, you know, <laughs> I'm like in every podcast. That's why I do this podcast because it's stories. Stories matter. Stories are incredible. And your story is going to light somebody's fire. It's going to change their life. Guarantee it. I guarantee it. It's going to make them rethink their existence because your dad's passing, while difficult, is going to inspire somebody because you were open about it and saying, maybe I should love my dad more. Maybe I should tell my dad I love him more. Maybe I should talk to him more because yeah. you were open about it. It really, it really makes me, I tell all my friends, take, don't take your parents for granted for sure I see it so much I see it happen so much in in my age group um people go away to college and just they get annoyed when their parents call them all the time or <laughs> they, you know it's it's common it's so common like all yes. my friends I, I could list like 10 people off the top of my head that they just don't they take their parents for granted and it, it really it really bugs me um and it's something honestly before that happened, I never really thought of it that way. Um, 
I thought, just get me the heck away from, like, that's why I went to Towson, Baltimore. I wanted to get away from my family. I wanted to, like, be right. on my own. And that's very common for my age group. Like, you're, you're, you're sequestered in your, in your house all throughout high school, and you just want to be free. Um, but, oh, man, like, oh, just do not take them for granted. Just don't do it. It's, it's, it's so terrible when, when you're at the point where, there is no more phone calls, you know? Yeah, I think that's the the deafening silence of, you know, your parents may call you and you're like, oh, I'm just going to tap that red button and be like, oh, they <laughs> yeah. go straight to voicemail or something, you know? <laughs> Come on, mom, I'm at a party. Leave me alone. Exactly. I think about it. I have an eight-year-old daughter. I'm like, I hope she wants to party with me sometime yeah. or something. Like, oh, she's not going to think I'm lame, you know? <laughs> like... You know, but like, hopefully she'll pick up my phone call <laughs> at some yeah. point down the line. <laughs> I mean, that's incredible. So what are your expectations? Make it a little bit lighter. I don't want it to be so heavy for you. I just, I can't help it. I'd love to go down this path with people. I just, it's just these human stories. They're just amazing to me. But what are your expectations for your working career going into strength and conditioning once you get out of college? Oh, this is a tough one um, because I'm still not really sure which setting I want to work in. So it's kind of hard to list off expectations. Um, let's just go with the collegiate setting. So I've because I've my internship is in the collegiate setting. So if I were to stick with that, um, I'm expecting to move a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm expecting um, no guarantees on salary. Um, very like fluctuates a lot I'm, I'm assuming um depending on which school you get placed mm -hmm. in and I'm expecting it to be very hard and not very easy <laughs> um basically yeah I'm, I'm expecting it to be pretty challenging um if I if I were to stay in the collegiate setting and honestly any setting is going to be challenging in this field because you kind of have to outsource your own clients you have to find your own clients and and build those relationships and keep those relationships and that can be really tough now is it so it's interesting you know before we got on here um i was thinking i was like did i connect her with renee zernicki i can't remember if i did you or did, not you did yeah renee is awesome um we, i talked to her on the phone a couple weeks ago actually it was a really really good good conversation that we had because you know, we did talk about the collegiate setting and she talked about where she's at now, which she's at Future Fit. And she yeah. told me a little bit about that. And she actually made me really rethink going into the collegiate setting <laughs> in a bad way. Not in a bad way at all. She she said that she loved it. Um, she just, did, yeah. For me, for me, I, it really made me think before I w was going to jump and be like, oh, I like this. I like this. Let me go into this. Um, it made me sit back and and reflect on what I really it's a grind yeah grind big and time. Yeah. you know I had such a a weird weird is a is a is a adjective I use not in necessarily a negative way um because mm -hmm. I know a lot of people use it in kind of that negative tone but weird for me is just like it was just a weird experience growing up um in my family life and it wasn't really stable in a way mm -hmm. um, you know the way that she was describing the collegiate strength and conditioning 
um, career. It was just it red flags just popped up and it was like Mm -hmm. very unstable, very unstable. And I was just, you know, it just made me think, is that really do I want to continue that path um, of being unstable or do I want to settle down and have a family and stay in one place for a really long time? Um, It's just a lot to think about. Uh, but yeah, our our conversation was really good, actually. That's awesome. Renee's great. You know, she was on the show and, you know, we had a conversation also before that. And she's my go-to person for anybody wanting to get into strength and conditioning because she she's worked in big time, big 10 athletics. I mean, high, yeah, some she, of the highest she, level of that. She stuff. had the, she had a lot of knowledge to give for sure. And you can't go wrong talking to Renee because she'll give you the she'll give you the truth about what it's like to work in that environment. And I think for her, she chose to get into a different sector. And I think in in general, strength conditioning, personal training, anything related to health and wellness and like fitness exercise, it's it's up and down. It just yeah. is. I mean, I've been in the business for almost twenty years, and you know, I've I've fortunately it's been extremely stable for me over time, but the majority of the stories are not that stable. It's, yeah. you have to really grind to get to have something that's a long-term career, which is why so many of my colleagues and, and people, well, people in the business, I would say in general, wash out of health and wellness and end up doing something else because it's very difficult to have a long-term career in it. Yeah, and I mean, it, it's easy to say, to, it's easy to say, um, this is going to be such a, a hard career to work at and you have to really grind, like you said. And but I feel like there's a lot of reward with this career field. Sure. Well. Um, it's like risk and reward, you know, and I the reason why I love the health and wellness um, field, I guess you would say so much is that, you know, you're not sitting at a desk all day. I mean, I guess you could be, but most of the time you're not sitting at a mm-hmm. desk all day. Um, there's something new every single day. And I feel like I would just much rather be happy wanting to go to work every day and making a little bit less or, you know, not having the most stable um, location um, versus just dreading going to work. I just don't like the the business. I I don't like that that side of, of, um, I guess, there's two different paths I look at. I feel like there's like the business and economics route you can take. And then there's like the health and wellness route that you can take in life. And the the business and economics side just doesn't like, doesn't, it's not very interesting to me. You're not feeling it. <laughs> not feeling it. Like, no, like there's a ton of money in that field. And I know some sure. of my friends who are in that, in that career and they're making loads of money, but I just feel like I would rather be happy than making a ton of money and not being happy. So you you are not the age you are. How old are you? 21, 20, Tom would be 21. You're going to Vegas next week. By I'm the way, you better have a killer time. Tuesday. I'm turning 21. First of all, <laughs> I don't know you, but you better have a good time. Seriously. Oh, I and I will. <laughs> I want an update about it. I want to know about it. I like details. Okay. Um, maybe maybe a picture, maybe a picture, maybe a text, something. Uh, oh, I'll definitely <laughs> like, <get> the text. <laughs> okay, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just a huge Vegas fan. Sorry, I just. Oh, I can tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, I I'm not one of these people who lived in Vegas and who goes, oh, you know, 
you know, I'm over it. I just didn't party that I partied a little bit and then I'm done. And, you know, I just got older. I'm 41. The party has not stopped. I'm telling you right now. <laughs> and, and it ain't this unless something changes, it ain't going to ain't going to stop. <laughs> I'm like, awesome. I love having a good time. I go back, hang out with my buddies. You know, we're doing happy hours. We're going all over the strip. We're out in the <laughs> suburbs and stuff, man. It's just having, we're just having great times. We're watching football. We're doing shots. It's incredible, you know. And uh, I'm like a poster board for that place. I'm telling you. <laughs> they so, should just put you on the advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't go to the strip as much that last couple of years because I was like, you know, it's really expensive on the strip. To, to, and now it is because they used to be at a park for free. When I would drive down there, now they you got to pay for parking constantly. It's garbage. Uh, but I wasn't interested in paying twenty-two dollars for a mixed drink either at one point. So I was like, uh. I was like, I'm gonna stay up closer to where I live on the outskirts yeah. and, and go to the casinos up there and stuff, whatever. But you must have a good time. And the reason why you must have a good time is because of, you don't know when it's gonna be over. You have no clue when yeah. that's gonna be done. And I always always approach things that way with my career and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna try this out. And it was like health and wellness. Just try out whatever works. See what see what is out there for you. You know, maybe you travel a little bit and strength and conditioning with teams and you do all this stuff. And maybe you go, ah, oh, maybe I have my own personal training business or something. Or maybe I'll do this or that. Whatever. Try things. Oh yeah. This this field is definitely about trial and error. Um I wouldn't have even considered the collegiate the collegiate setting if I didn't start this internship and love it. it. It's really all about like, it's different reading something on paper, like a description on paper versus actually immersing yourself into the experience. And it, you will truly never know until you are in it. And I just think that that's very important is just trying new things. You really never know what you're going to be interested in. Yeah. I mean, you're at an age now, it's like, I mean, you're about to be 21, so you have this whole entire decade of your 20s, God willing, you know, that you can really, this is going to be your setup for your launch pad for the rest of your career. You know, take it seriously, you know, find out what makes you tick, and, you know, you're going to change, you're going to grow as you get older, you're going to have different ideas yeah. about what it means to be in the business. Allow yourself the flexibility to believe that, and... And pursue it, you know, and um, and let it take you where, you know, it goes. I know, like, you know, family is very important, especially after your dad passed and stuff. And you're there and, you know, you want to be around your family. But, you know, there may be opportunities that are nowhere close to your family. You never know. You know, it Yeah, I mean, that's honestly, depends. it kind of ties into how you said, how you asked me, um, you know, how that situation will affect my future, I guess. you That's mm -hmm. the question you asked. Correct. Right. Yeah. I think that I, before I would have been perfectly okay with, I would have actually jumped at the chance to travel with different college teams and, you know, just try different teams all around the country, not even worrying about staying in one place at one time. But I, I feel yeah. like I've definitely adapted a more family mindset after that, after that, um, happened which is really interesting because i i've never actually that's never really like clicked in my head until now um, right that my 
my ideas have changed in that aspect. Oh, I just gonna change again. It's gonna change again, just so you know. It's gonna change again. Like the yeah. person you are now, check back to me when you're 31. You'd be like, hey, Darian, uh, remember that stuff I said when I was 21? <laughs> <laughs> it's That's just different, true. man. It, I mean, I look at my 21-year-old self, I'm like, oh, man. <laughs> what was I saying half the time? That's true. <laughs> it's okay, though. It's okay. Where you're at now is totally fine. It's totally okay, and you should run with it. And how you're feeling, and just just you know, know that things change, and it's okay. Um, but you know what's not going to change? You're still going to love your dad. You're always going to miss him. He'll always be there with you, mm-hmm. and that should never change. That should never ever change in your life, and I don't think it will for you. Yeah. You know, there'll be distance, but I'm sure he's incredibly proud of you. Incredibly, um, you sound like just such yeah. a put together well-spoken, super kind. I know you're going to have fun. I can see that coming up. <laughs> so, you know, I'm sorry. The fun thing might be higher up on the list for me. I don't know. <laughs> we'll yeah, I can, yeah, no, I, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I might not be showing it right now, but I'm, I'm super excited to be 21. I'm, this is I'm your first time in now. Vegas? Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, my, my God, you might die. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. But maybe not. <laughs> No, I mean, oh, you have I'm, a good time. I'm the youngest out of every all of my friends, so it's been rough uh, watching from the blinds yeah. as all my friends are playing outside type of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Are going out to bars and drinking, and I'm just sitting at home waiting garbage. for to get home. <laughs> <laughs> so garbage. It's okay, terrible. here's the deal. Here's the deal. If you're ever back in Vegas and I'm there at the same time, we got to have a drink together. That's oh, what we're, we're gonna do. having a drink together. That's what's going to happen. It'll definitely happen. I'll let you know. Well, you let me know because you might get the feeling. You know, when you go there one time, a lot of people get the fever. They go, oh, my, (laughs) Vegas, I must. Is your flight at night or is it in the morning? Go out there. It's in the morning. Oh, okay. Well, the night flight's crazy. You're probably good to avoid the night flight. The night flight is just a bunch (laughs) of hammered people on a plane singing and dancing and stuff. It's pretty funny. Really? That's all. Oh, my. Everybody's like, yes, we're going to Vegas. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, wow. You know, you've been there for a while and you're on that flight. You're like, I get it. The first time I went, I lost my mind. <laughs> I, like, I get it. You're making me excited. Sure. I know all the places, by the way. Off, off air, you got to let me know what you guys are doing because I could give you some suggestions of places to go. Oh, and that stuff like that. Great. Yeah, we don't because you'll don't get trapped. Wait, what'd you say? I said we still don't have much planned. We're just kind of yeah. gonna go with the flow. Okay, well you, you should go with the flow, but there are some pretty cool places I think you guys would uh you would like to try, and it's a lot of fun. And now with Uber, you can get anywhere. You don't even you know transportation's oh. pretty easy around. Uber so Uber is amazing. It's truly amazing. It changed my life in Vegas because uh, <laughs> I was partying so hard. And my buddy and I, this is crazy. I just say anything on air. I really don't care. Um, (laughs) I really don't care. Um, And we would, every two weeks when we got paid, we would go out like the happy hour. I'm always in the happy hour, big in the happy hour. And we would go out and he had a breathalyzer. And we would blow into it at the end of the night. There was no Uber. 
during this time. You know, yeah, it was true. way before Uber. So we would blow into the breathalyzer until we got under the legal limit, and then we would go home. See, we're responsible. <laughs> That's smart, actually. Yeah, it is smart. And one time we blew into it, and it was way high. So I was sitting in my car, and we literally got back out of my car. We walked into a burger joint and just ate a ton of food and sat around and just started talking about life. And then we blew in it again, and we were good. And we went home, man. That's honestly the most responsible thing that I've ever heard. Right? If that's not the like crazy, responsible, smart partying, I don't know what to tell you. I you mean, know, hey, like, party hard, but party smart, too. Right. But now I don't have to blow into a breathalyzer. Literally, I just go and then I just, you know, pass out my Uber or something like that. I mean, <laughs> I mean that hasn't happened in a long time, but, you know, probably like a couple sure, of years ago. Sure. But, yeah, okay, wink, wink. Uh, no. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, when you, get, when you get my age, you start partying at, at people's houses. It's, it's funny because you started house parties in college. Yeah, and that's then you the kinda, only thing that I can do right now. <laughs> right, right. And then you graduate to like bars and you're going out to all these places. And then it comes full circle back to the house. Back you're to like, the you house. You know what? I'm going to drink. I want to be at home so I can just lay down. <laughs> yeah, you can just drink and then pass out on your couch. Yeah, exactly. So things come full circle. I'm telling you. <laughs> that works, man. It's good to hear. Good to hear. This is all over the place. Like, we're talking about serious <laughs> subjects, and then you tell, told me you're going to Vegas. You got me too excited. That was your trigger word. Vegas is my trigger word. Yeah. Yeah. I'll show you how to party. I, I definitely know what I'm doing. <laughs> I will definitely hit you up for suggestions. After I'm this. serious. You're going to be there Tuesday? Um, no. So I turned 21 on Tuesday, and then I'm going on Thursday. Oh, okay. And oh, my. apparently my mom, so the plane tickets were super expensive for yeah. this weekend. And apparently it's one of the biggest weekends in Vegas, the weekend before Halloween. Um, yeah, they're having it is. a Halloween bar crawl. They're having so many events. I'm so excited. Halloween's huge in Las Vegas. There used to be this thing. I don't know if they have it anymore, but it was like a pimp and hoe ball they used to have there. <laughs> yeah, and everybody dresses up like pimps and hoes. And it's That's like a awesome. Halloween thing. It was pretty weird. Um, but uh, whatever you do, avoid Circus Circus. The, the Terror Dome during Halloween time, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Got it. It's a, it's a dump anyways. You don't want to go there. It's, you'd be like, oh, there's an amusement park in there. And it's like Halloween. Nope. <laughs> don't go. <laughs> Stay away. I'm telling you right now. Got it. Noted. Noted. Write that down. Okay. <laughs> Currently writing it down. Well, Ashley, it has been a true pleasure to speak with you. And thanks for sharing your story. I mean, it's very powerful and touching. And, um, you know, a lot of people are going to hear it. So, you know, it's going to be out there. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. I've actually not opened up this easily about that in a while. So, hey, that's a good thing. Thank Hopefully, you so much. Uh, yeah, of course. And uh, we will be in touch. Remember, I want pictures. Oh, I'll send you pictures. I got you. <laughs> okay. Have a good rest of your day, Ashley. You too. All right. Bye. All right, bye.